Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Fly With Us podcast. This podcast is bringing the art of conversation, self-love, self-care, mental health care and protection, life lessons, love lessons, everything in between. Today, we're going to talk about building your support system. I'm Lady Bounce. And I am Picket Fence. All right, hit us with that mindfulness minute. What you got today? Take time to reflect on the people and the things around you. It is in these quiet moments that inspiration grows and we recognize the miracle of life. No day should ever be so hectic that there is not time in it for solitude and reflection. Mm. So let me ask you, before we get deep into this topic, how often, how many times a day are you able to stop and quietly or even out loud reflect on, on your life, the people in it, the things in it? the things you want in it that are not there? I think currently I have a lot of time to do that. And I, um, I try to do that a few times a day since I have the time right now. And I think about not only the people I have in my life, but I think about the things that they inspire me to do. Um, I try to draw inspiration for them. I try to map out things that uh, as a whole collective we can accomplish. Um, so yeah. How about you? I know you don't you live a busy day, so yeah, I uh, I have a busy day, but I do mindfully take time um in my day to reflect. I usually do that now around the time that I decide to have lunch because I close my office door, I turn off my lights, I change my music to something that's more soothing and less um less built for productivity. Like I do normally where I'm listening to like my R&B or my old school hip hop that's keeping me jazzed and pumped up to keep going. I usually put on like some light jazz, smooth jazz, or even some um, like soundscapes type of things, the kind of music that I listen to when I'm getting a massage. And so as I sit there and quietly, mindfully eat my lunch, I am reflecting on the things in my life that, that I enjoy, the pieces and the aspects of my life that I don't enjoy as much and then try to come up with solutions and ways to change that if I can so that my life is more enjoyable in all aspects. And I try to to do that by manifesting. Instead of thinking about the things that I don't want, I try to think about the things that I do want to draw those things to me. Now, it does not always um, happen that way. You know, sometimes those other thoughts creep in and I have to just redirect my mind to, to get back focus in, into the task at hand. And that task at hand is, you know, reflecting on what I, you know, what I like, what's great, what's not so great. And if it's not so great, what can I do to change it or what can I do to fix it? And if it's something that I can't fix or change, then I think about ways that I can cope with it and deal with it easier so that it doesn't send me into a negative headspace, which of course affects everything else that that you do. When your mind is negative, it forces your body to do all kinds of things that you really don't want to do at that moment. Right. I think it sends stressors to the body. And sometimes that can cause you to shut down or like you said, do things that you don't want to do or focus on the things that you don't really want to focus on or pay attention to. You start thinking of the more negative things instead of the more positive things. I think that um definitely causes a, a stressors in your system. 
Um, so here's something that you can think about when those moments come. I am formless. I am energy. I am light. I am vibration. I breathe in the energies of peace and harmony. I breathe out the energies of anger and fear. I become lighter with each breath, in and out, calming and expelling. I become free from each pass of air into my lungs, letting go of my burdens and cares. I am formless. I am boundless energy. Hmm. Now, now, we all know that we're all the humans. Everything on here and this earth is energy, constantly flowing back and forth. Um, we just have to really be mindful of where we direct our energy. And like you were saying, a lot of times we we um, we aren't being conscious and we let our minds flow into that negative energy side. Uh, and I think that that's another reason to have a good support system. Um, a lot of times just being around your friends, you don't even have to talk about the things that are bothering you. A lot of times just being around them gives you a, a higher energy. It sends your frequency up, you know, it, it inspires you. Um, it, it feels great to have that human companionship, especially with people that you that you love and care about. I um, mean, it's different from being at work, even though you may have friends at work, um, not even friends, you have associates at work and you may be cool with the people you work with, but that's not your crew. Right. Those ain't the people you get down and just really go all out for the people that you live or die for, ride or die for, you know, so those people that may not inspire you or, insp and, um, or motivate you. Um, it's good to have a support system, like I said, that you don't even have to talk. Just being in this in the circle uplifts your spirit, you know, inspires you, especially if you um, you're a teacher. Um, if you have friends outside of work that are into teaching and educating, being around them, you could bounce off ideas to each other. Um, because I think that in our society, we have a real problem right now. And you're going to speaking in your case where we have a lot of so-called educators that just fell into the job and they're not they're, So their motivation isn't really set on inspiring and motivating the future. They may just be like, Hey, I know math. I'm a teacher's math class. And, and I think that, that's a thing that's a problem in our society right now is because we don't have educators that are like really preaching the gospel of social studies, math, science, whatever the subject may be. And they're not there to really motivate and gear kids into uh, these subjects and, and gearing them to afterlife of school. They're just trying to get their check. And so that's how you have it in, in your case. Uh, my case may be being an artist, just when I get around Cooley or Hess or something like that, ideas start firing off or we talk about ideas. We may be listening to some music and it may inspire us like, oh, you see what he did? We could flip that and do it this way or that way. Um, so it's, you know, so in my instance, it would be artistic. In your instance, you might want to build a circle of people or maybe people that are not even necessarily educators, but people who appreciate and respect education. 
know what I mean? I do. So when you, when you talk about people who, who love a thing and respect a thing and, and have the appreciation for a thing, do those people have to fit a certain demographic or age group? Or can you really, if the passion for whatever it is, is there, it transcends race and space and age? Oh, I definitely think so. I think that it transcends um, if the passion is there. I think that in certain occasions, you might want somebody that's um, more your age um, so they can understand, like, because education has changed in different uh, eras that we've lived in when we get to be our, like our age. You know, we didn't have Common Core when we were younger. As all people always say, that it's our age. Oh, this that's that that's that new math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that algebra. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that algebra. I, I don't know that algebra. Um, so that's just in certain cases, but but mostly a majority of the time, if you just have that a person that has that passion to inspire and motivate, and it is this understands how essential education is, then it doesn't matter the age the um, time, space, or race, because the goal is education. The thought is on education. I agree. I was just asking to, to see what you thought, because so, so many times we, we hear that, or even watching the Olympics, it was more focused on how old this person is or how tragic their story was, as opposed to focusing on the talent and the passion that they have for whatever sport it is that they are, are, you know, participating in. And I don't know about for you, but for me, it, it drove me insane because it was like saying, if you're, if you're young, you know, you're inexperienced and you don't know anything, you're just talented. And then if you're old, you have the knowledge and the experience, but your body doesn't move the same. And it just kept harping on, on the, the ages of the athletes. And I thought to myself, does it matter? Like if I'm running a four by 100 and I'm 40 and I can run, I'm going to run. If I'm running that same four by 100 and I'm 16, if I can run and beat the clock, then that's what matters. So in that moment, you know, my age doesn't matter. But so often when we talk about things, we, oh, I can't learn nothing from a new teacher or, you know, those old teachers need to change. And, you know, them old heads, you know, they don't buy new music. And, and then, the young heads only buy a certain kind of music. So then you get into to this, this situation where you're more focused on the, the, the little things that really don't matter instead of making great music or educating kids, you know, to, to be great regardless of, of, you know, just those little nitpicky, you know, type things. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and yes, it did drive me crazy. But this is... United States of America and North America in general, and we are real big on ageism in our country for some reason. Uh, and and, and it, re- it really gets to me because, you know, especially as a hip-hop artist, people, fans, and the parties that be to control and oversee hip-hop that shouldn't be doing it are really big on age. This mm-hmm. is the only genre of music that practices ageism to its fullest old dudes aren't supposed to rap it's a young man's sport as they say 
uh, some say. Um, and like you mentioned, old heads don't buy music. Well, I'm an old head. I definitely do buy music. Um, and the young heads don't want to listen to the older heads music, which is really, really strange for me because I think that that's what made old heads so dope back in the day um, during the golden era It's because we listened to so much old music. I grew up listening to old music, people that were probably dead before I was born. You know, I listened to Louis Armstrong, Billy, uh, you know, all the old classic greats, you know, and I, to this day, I still listen to that music. And I think that that's the problem. And that's why um, that we don't talk about. And that's a reason why a lot of people can become worn out on hip hop is because there's no lineage uh, bridge, it seems like. And I think that that's what's dope about Golden Era is you hear the bridge. You hear those old school samples with the new flavor of lyrics on top of it and uh, modern day drums added to a dope old sample. It was a bridge. Now you have um, a younger generation just thinking it's just hating and not understanding the true um, art form of it. And I think a lot of heads do a lot um, a lot of damage by just um, being negative towards the young heads. I, I know I was like that at the one time. It's like, it just sucks. It sucks. And that's just all to it. Instead of analyzing why it sucks and what could it be to be better. Uh, shout out to Cooley. Made a post a couple of weeks ago was um, talking about, instead of talking about the stuff you don't like, talk about the stuff you do like. You know, and I think that's one thing that we can do is older hip hop heads just continue to support the stuff that we do like make sure that you buy it make sure that you share it you know if they come to your town they're probably going to be in a smaller venue but make sure you go there you know and, and that's a, um the same as having a smaller group relationship even though you don't know that artist you belong in in a symbolic circle so you should be supporting them and motivating them to keep doing their craft mm-hmm so even though those those artists don't know us personally as fans, we're their support system, and we should do that. I like that. So so as we're talking about support, um, I always say that there that there's different levels of support, and and not only are there levels of support, there is you can have different groups that support you even if those groups don't necessarily mesh together. So I'm saying, I say that to say, your friends over here can support you and have your back. And your friends over here can support you and have your back. But these friends don't necessarily have to be friends with each other. And I think a lot of times we make that mistake and we try to put these different personalities together. Well, if you love me and you support me and you got my back, you love me and support me and got my back. That means y'all should all be one big gigantic friend group. And that's not necessarily, um, it's not needed. And that's not always the case because I believe that you have friends for a season and you have friends who support you in different seasons of your life and different aspects of your life. So my career friends who really, really support my career may not know how to give me the support that I need to be a good wife or to be a good mother. 
And so I'm not leaning on them and relying on them for that kind of support because I don't want to put them in a position to feel like they have to offer me something that they cannot. I want my friends to, to be able to be free and be in whatever lane of my life that they choose to be in and offer me that support. So for our listeners, I, I really want you, you to understand that, that, you know, your good, good girlfriend that you go hang out and kick it with doesn't necessarily have to support the, the bad things that you do or the things you do that don't agree, you know, with her. Not, and not that you do bad things, but she doesn't have to agree with all of those. She doesn't have to support you in that aspect. Her role in your life may just be that friend that lifts your spirits when you are down. And when you are having, you know, a, a really sad moment where you are thinking about things that you probably shouldn't be thinking about, you probably don't want to take that to your friend who's your Debbie Downer, you know, who is already upset because you already know she's going to indulge you or he's going to indulge you in your pity party. Mm -hmm. So if you are trying to get out of said pity party, then that wouldn't be the one that you call. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. So we I, I say that to say just you have different friends for different arenas, for different support areas of your life. And that is OK. Stop mm -hmm. listening to people that tell you that all of your friends have to think, act and be the same for you and show up for you in your life you know, all the time or the same way all the time. Stop doing that. Because as you do that, you are putting unrealistic expectations on your friends. And that may be too much for the friendship. And it may go left really quickly where they not only not give you the support that you're looking for, but then that ruins and ends friendships because one person is pulling way too much on the friendship. and It's not an, an equal balance of the love and the support. Oh, definitely. 100, as the kids say. 100. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I was just reading something you know, similar to that. Um, give and take, give and take. If some, if some friend is deficient in vitality, you may be able to aid them. Sit in front of them. Your, maybe your feet touching their feet or your hand touching their hand or embraced in a hug. Then you both breathe rhythmatically. You are forming a mental image, ascending positive energy. And they will form a mental image of receiving positive energy. But be warned. You must be careful with whom you are trying to ex this experiment with. Because Ooh. it may be a person that is more of a taker than a giver and they may use your energy in a not so positive way now what i take from that is like you were saying you go to a debbie downer trying to get that good energy put back into you. but what they're doing is taking your energy and dragging you further draining you further and just you are totally depleted so like you said you have to be careful especially if if you're on uh, a time where you're needing that better energy and you pick the person that's always down anyway 
there's no way you can be uplifted by that person. Right. And, and even with that, um, you know, it comes in and recognizing the, the strengths and the, the weaknesses of the friends that you have, and maybe not even weaknesses, maybe that's not the right word, but the areas where they are most comfortable in. So I won't say weakness, the area that they are most comfortable in. So you have to be really careful and really mindful. You know, as you said, if I'm having a really down moment, that's probably not the person that I want to talk to unless I'm having one of those moments where I just want to wallow in it for a minute. So I'm going to talk to the Debbie Downer and I'm going to wallow in it. And then I'm going to hang up with her and I'm going to call my friend and say, hey, I'm really kind of down. I need my spirits lifted up. Let's go take a walk in the park and not talk. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that second part, because that would be the wrong thing to do if you just want to call Debbie Downer and waddle in it, because that's not going to help you anyway. Now, I, I like, like I said, did you add it that second part? If you want to vent for a quick minute, don't spend too much time on it. Right. Don't spend the hour on it. Don't spend the afternoon going down, down. Vent for that five minutes and call the upliftment. I agree. Definitely. I know. That for me, that is something that I that I have to work on. I'm working on it daily because I do that to you. And I don't mean to do it to you, but I'm just when I'm having a moment, because you are the closest person to me, then you get it. You know what I'm saying? Like so you end up becoming a dumping ground, which is not fair to you. It's not fair to your spirit, it's not fair to your mood if I come in and Everything I have to say for the first three hours of me being home is all bad. It's all sad. It's all negative. It's all anger. Because like you said, the more you talk about it, the more you're thinking about it. And sometimes um, venting doesn't necessarily help because then, oh, excuse me, then you spend hours venting. And when you spend hours venting, you can't think of solutions because you're so busy stuck in whatever has got you, you know, upset. So what I've been what I've been trying to do is I've gone back to journaling. I've gone back to talking to to some of my coworkers, like my main my one main coworker that I talked to about stuff that I know I can speak freely to. I'll talk to her, vent it and get it out of my system. So then by the time I get home, instead of venting, it's just me telling you about this jacked up part of the day or this jacked up moment and Typically, I try to find the funny in it because sometimes some of the things that happen, I'm like, you can't even be mad at. You just have to laugh at them. Like, can you believe that this kid asked me to pay for his cap and gown? Like, dude, what did you do with your paycheck? Or what did you do with your stimulus check you got? So then it becomes kind of funny and it makes me, you know, able to joke about it. But I, I am being more mindful about where my thoughts are how I process things and who I lean on to support for support. I mean, when I'm having those moments where I'm not feeling a hundred percent. And e even in that you have a place in that, but then there are other pieces that are not your, they're not your lane. And I can't, I can't put you in a lane. That's not your lane. We got to stop doing that to our friends. Stop putting your friends in places and in lanes where they don't belong, 
where it's not their area of expertise because they're not going to be able to support you properly because that is not natural for them. So we let's normalize not expecting our friends or our spouses or boyfriends, whatever you want to call it, your significant other to be placed in the spot that's not their spot. Put people in their lane, let them flourish in their lane. Because if you allow them to flourish in their lane, then they're going to be a much better friend and a much better support for you in the long run. Word up. Word up. Word up. (laughs) So, yo, your self-care assignment for this week is going to be building a support team. And like we've talked about throughout this episode, make sure that your support team is full of people from different areas to fulfill those different needs and make sure that you have enough energy to be a support to those different people also. You got to bring something to the table. Who got the mac and cheese? (laughs) I don't know about the mac and cheese, but I definitely bring the brain science. And that's what it's time for. My favorite part of the show. Brain science, science, science. All right. So we've been talking about support. So now I'm going to tell you how social support contributes to your overall psychological health. Social support is often identified as a key component of solid relationships and strong psychological health. But what exactly does it mean? Essentially, social support involves having a network of family and friends that you can turn to in times of need. Whether you are facing a personal crisis and need immediate assistance, or you just want to spend time with people who care about you, these relationships play a critical role in how you function in your day-to-day life. Let me get that out there. All right, but social support is certainly not a one-way street. In addition to relying on others, you also serve as a form of support for many people in your life. So why is social support so important? Psychologists and other mental health professionals often talk about the importance of having a strong social network when trying to reach our goals or deal with a crisis. Experts frequently implore people to lean on their friends and or family for support. So there are different types of social supports. Social support refers to the psychological and material resources provided by a social network to help individuals cope with stress. Such support may move and come in different forms. It might involve having a friend help you with a day-to-day task. It may involve offering you money or support for your business. You want to make sure you have good social integration with your support system and your various relationships ranging from romantic partnerships to friendships. This integration involves emotions, intimacy, and a sense of belonging to different social groups, which include being a part of a family, a partnership, religious community, or social activities. So what are the different types of social support? Emotional support. Sometimes the people in your life provide you emotional support. They back you up when you need it and are there to be a shoulder to cry on when things don't go your way. Instrumental support. The people in your social network might provide instrumental support. They take care of your physical needs and offer a helping hand when you need it. This might involve bringing you a hot meal when you are sick or giving you a ride when your car is in the shop. Such support is important when people have immediate needs that need to be addressed. 
Then there's informational support. This can involve providing guidance, advice, information, and mentoring. Such support can be important when making decisions or big changes in one's life. As you might imagine, people in your social networks may take on different roles. A teacher might provide informational support, while a parent might provide all three types. By having a solid social network, you are more likely to receive the type of support that you need when you really need it. So now that we understand support systems and we understand that they involve different types of people, go build your support system. Healthy right. choices, right. healthy behaviors encouraged by your support system make you an overall healthy, happier person. Definitely. Word up. And if you need some support from us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, IG, and TikTok, and always on YouTube. If you would like to talk to us on a personal level, you can hit us an email at flywithusla at gmail.com. If you'd like to come on the show and talk about self-care, please do that. But for now, we out of here. It's your boy, Pick Your Fence. I'm Lady Bounce. Peace. Peace.